Good evening. Welcome again to another episode of the Illini Cast. This is going to be dropping, I believe, Friday morning. Uh, we had a fun episode yesterday with Jeffrey from Only Talk Sports, where we did kind of a mini preview of the Illinois and Indiana football game. We're going to go a little bit more in depth today. We talked to the LEO podcast, uh, fellow partner of the Big Ten Network. Um, before we get started there, though, I just wanted to say, please, if you don't mind, our subscriber base is growing little by little every single day for small shows like us. That matters a lot. So if you don't mind, if you're watching this, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It helps with the whole YouTube algorithms. And, you know, it kind of shows us that what we're doing is kind of worth it. And we're uh, not doing it for nobody. I want to... Uh, Kick off talking about uh, Illinois' victory. The men's basketball team came out on Monday with a started off a little slow, and then uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn came in and kind of turned things around for us. He was kind of the star of the show. I think uh, when he entered the game, we were down eleven to four. He came in, uh, left with eighteen points, had an amazing post game interview where he roasted his own father. So I can already tell he's going to be a personal favorite of mine. Um, there's not much to say about the game. Again, Illinois had a slow start, but I think at some point they realized that they're the much stronger team. They kind of took over their, their talent took over, um, Eastern Illinois. Um, Terrence Shannon had a wonderful game himself. Uh, the big story coming out of the opener was, uh, those who are watching kind of noticed that Sincere Harris never got onto the court. And folks were kind of wondering why. And Brad Underwood actually touched on it after the game, saying that Sincere had come to the coaches before the game and said that he wanted to redshirt. Now, I tweeted something along the lines of not liking the vibes of that decision. And I got some flack for it, but I just want to, you know, explain myself that, I mean, I really like Sincere Harris. He was one of my two or three favorite players on the team last year. And I love that grindy defensive specialist. That type of player is always my favorite on any team. You know, I watch the Bulls. I love Alex Caruso. Those type of players, like pure energy. Um, so this wasn't a shot at Sincere by any stretch. It's just kind of recognizing modern-day college basketball. Um, the fact that the coaches didn't really know about it until after the Kansas game kind of tells me that this wasn't in their plans at all. They were blindsided by this. Uh, Luke Goody went on uh, the Tay and Piper show, and he talked about how he and the team found out just on the court during practice right before the Eastern Illinois game even started. So it's kind of a decision that Sincere Harris made alone. Uh, you know, maybe with his family, with his close friends. I'm just puzzled in today's day and age. Now, you know what? Let me say it a different way. If this happened 10, 15 years ago, this would make a lot of sense. Okay, fine. You know what? He can see that he's not going to get much time this year. He's, you know, behind Harmon. He's going to be more of a specialty player who's going to be coming in for 10, 15 minutes a game, maybe. Or when just when we need a shot, we need uh, some excitement and, you know, uh, some energy on the court. That, that was his role, a minimal role in his second year. He obviously wasn't too excited about that. You know, he wants to play more minutes. He wants to go out there and have a bigger role on the team. And so that's what the claim is on why he wants to sit out. But 
the claim was last year with Sky Clark that he just he was uh, in a in a bad mental state, and that's why he had gone home. Truthfully, you know, as sad as it is, uh, in today's college basketball and college football world, you know, the transfer portal is just it's a huge weapon to use on both sides. The team side, you can see Brad Underwood using it every offseason now, but also from the player side. There's a chance that Sincere Harris is kind of seeing the writing on the wall. He wants to have a bigger role somewhere. He can take this year as a redshirt year, continue to beef up, you know, get bigger like he claims he wants to, and then maybe transfer over to a team where he thinks he might have a bigger role moving forward. And that's all I was saying. You know, if he it really is one of those players that I grew up watching in the I'm not trying to date myself, but in the 90s where, you know, he's just all about team and he wants to take the year off, get bigger, get stronger. And, you know, so that next year when he comes onto the team uh, during practice, Brad Underwood will see that, no, you know what, Sincere is going to be not only in the main rotation, he's going to be one of my main guys. He's going to be playing 20, 25 minutes a game. Maybe then, you know, and uh, Sincere has three years to become one of the best players uh, for the Illini. I just don't know if I see that happening. Um, someone did make a very good argument to me on Twitter, and so I'm going to admit that, where he had mentioned that Sincere Harris does not have serious, uh, at least American pro NBA potential. This could be a good long-term move in the sense where he can take this year to, again, build up, get stronger, and then in years, well, for him, three, four, five, as he plays a more prominent role, this could be an NIL grab. You know, if he's uh, an important player uh, of our ro- for our rotation, he might be able to get some more money, uh, especially by his senior year, to the point where, you know, all of this may be worth it more. Obviously, by year five, by year six, uh, the academics, he might be doing a grad degree at that point. I'm not sure about what Sincere's uh, academic goals are. But in that sense, it kind of makes sense. Like, uh, again, that might be a little more positive thinking than um, – the today's modern college basketball day uh, world deserves. But again, I don't mean any ill will towards sincere Harris. For me, it's just, it's kind of shocking that usually when a player decides to transfer or sorry, uh, to red shirt there, there's a discussion between the coaches and the player. This decision kind of seemingly blindsided Brad Underwood. And uh, so for me, I hope he's in the orange and blue next year. Again, he is one of my favorite players, and I, he will continue to be one of my favorite players should he continue to don the orange and blue. I'm just unsure and not as confident after seeing um, the Sky Clark fiasco from last year. And also, I want to clarify, I don't think it's anywhere near the same thing. Sky Clark had his own issues. Um, I'm pretty glad that he's not on the team anymore, whereas Sincere... Um, I think it, you know, might just be uh, being wanting to be on the court type of issue, which you know I completely respect. Um, it is what it is. Uh, the women's basketball team—they also had a nice, resounding victory. Uh, it wasn't nearly as close as the men's was in the beginning. It's nice to see Shauna Green, who is arguably already uh, one of the best hirings, uh, coach hirings in Illinois athletic history. Uh, I think I saw a stat. That already a season and one game in, she's at 23 wins uh, for Illinois uh, women's basketball. And the Illinois women's basketball, the three seasons prior, had a combined 23 wins. 
So that tells me, you know, Sean, she brought in, uh, I think, a top 20 recruit um, uh, this past uh, early signing day. So the women's basketball team seems to be on an upward trajectory as well. Um, you know, hopefully it'll continue to build excitement. Obviously, we have Caitlin Clark in our conference. So, you know, there's a lot of attention and eyes in the Big Ten. And it would be nice if Shauna can get um, the Illinois uh, Fighting Illini kind of in the conversation of teams that people talk about, at least while Caitlin is still in the league, so that um, we can kind of feed off the energy. But uh, that's it for basketball. We've talked a little men's basketball. We talked a little uh, women's basketball. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to bring in, uh, we're going to talk a little college football with Brandon from the LEO podcast. The biggest topics in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. for sure. I mean, there's, there's one, well, there's a lot of ways to beat Indiana football. Like, like a lot of ways to beat Indiana football, but the quarterbacks we've struggled with the most are uh, our quarterback that can get out of the pocket. Quarterbacks can run. Um, you look last week, Braden Locke, he got sacked four or five times, could never get in a groove. Drew Aller could never get in the groove. Um, you look at uh, even Jack Plummer from Louisville, gave him all kind of trouble. But you look at quarterbacks that get out of the pocket, J.J. McCarthy, Kyle McCord, um, to, uh, Talia Tongavaloa, all those guys absolutely lit IU up, lit IU up. So um, a quarterback with legs is valuable on itself. It is an almost guaranteed victory against Indiana. So I think that should be what both sides are talking about is uh, is Luke Altmaier's status. Okay, see, that, that's good to know. So, you know what, let's let's start off, Brandon, from the beginning, you know. Sure. Uh, just as I'm sure Indiana fans aren't paying that much close attention to Illinois uh, football outside what you read on the headlines, um, let's say there's an Illinois fan base who doesn't quite know what's going on with uh, Indiana football. Oh, it's the entire Illinois fan base. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice and cordial. <laughs> um, you guys are three and six on the season, uh, one and five in the conference. If you don't mind, like, you know, give us a Cliff Notes version of uh, what's brought Indiana football here today coming into uh, Saturday's football game. Sure. So, well, first, Sonny, we have to thank the entire alumni football program for giving Purdue Ryan Walters. I mean, I think this is going to be a gift for for the entire Big Ten. Um, Illinois, or not Illinois, Indiana's towards the bottom, but would you agree that Purdue's probably the worst team in the Big Ten? Um, I think clearly they're the worst team. Um, you know, weird stuff is going on with the whole Michigan State, you know, after yeah. the whole fiasco. So um, their talent level is obviously a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, speaking of how Indiana got here, I'll go ahead and a answer your question finally. Um, three and six. It looks bad, Sonny. It looks really bad. Until you found out four of their six losses are to a top 11 teams. I mean, wow. it, they have lost to Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Louisville, who's actually 11th in the country, who plays Virginia this weekend, which is an automatic W. So Louisville will likely be a top 10 team. Um, and then you throw in a surprising Rutgers team and Maryland, who you guys beat. Um, but Maryland's a good team, too. So there's not a loss on the Indiana schedule where IU fans thought it was going to be a win. 
I mean, we thought we could, like, going into the season, we thought we could have beat Rutgers at home. I think that's the game that ultimately prevents us from going bowling. I think IU does go five and seven. Um, but Rutgers is a good team this year. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. would suggest otherwise. So you look at three and six on paper, it looks bad. But then you actually look at it a little bit more and you're like, who is IU supposed to beat? They've mm-hmm. beat everyone that they've supposed to beat this year, um, which which makes this game super interesting um, because, and, and we'll, we'll get into it, but um, there's only one time Tom Allen is successful, and that's when his backup is against the wall. That's it. That if, if the IU team has any sort of expectations or anything, it's all the 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 rah rah yay yay cheerleader thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work unless their backs are up against the wall, which they are at the moment because uh, they lose one more game and it's uh, the dream is dead. I mean, you know, they got three games left, you know, losing one more game um, mm-hmm. is a pretty decent possibility, you know, uh, whether it be the Saturday or you know, the following week or the week after. If it's not um, this Saturday, it won't happen. They won't lose to Michigan State uh, at home. There's no way. And then they won't they won't lose to Purdue, who we agreed was the worst team. So, um, you know, this, this for IU, this game is massive. Absolutely massive because they'll be favorites going into the next two games. They're obviously a six and a half point favorite in this game. I, dog. you know, uh, or yeah, six, six and a half point dog in this game. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more, but this game is kind of everything for, for the Indiana football Hoosiers. Which is what makes this game so important for both our teams. Yeah. Um, you know, Illinois, you know, seemed like they're dead underwater a couple weeks ago as well. But then we turned around we surprised everyone with uh, what was a pretty dominant win over Maryland, uh, who at the time was rolling. You know, yeah, they had just come off the loss to Ohio State. But at the time, I think they were like five and one. Um, the following week, we were, I want to say we were dominating Wisconsin for basically three quarters. And then early in the fourth, uh, Johnny Newton got called for a questionable helmet to helmet and he got ejected from the game and um, Wisconsin reeled off 18 straight points and uh, snuck by with a victory. Um, you know, I'm not making excuses. You still got to win that game, but you know, three of those quarters, Illinois was again playing like the team that me and Austin thought they would play like. Yep. Um, the Minnesota game was a very good back and forth game. Uh, you know, Minnesota is obviously a, uh, a contending team in the West and, you know, for them for finally for a game at the end, to work in our favor, you know, with Luke going down, with John Paddock coming in, in and having the John Paddock drive, you know, it was super exciting for us to see. And, you know, whether even if we had lost that game, it wasn't a matter of us playing poorly. Um, right now, you know, you're, we're talking about, you know, the losses that Indiana had are games that they should have lost. Illinois is kicking themselves in the back right now because we are a better team. We lost to Purdue, who we just, you know, we're just talking about right now. We were favored to win that game, and Purdue just went on an offensive onslaught on us in the second half. And it was just, it was one of the more frustrating uh, feelings I've had as an Illinois football fan. If you listen to our show post game, Austin and I just sound super depressed and. Austin was saying like he doesn't think that we're going to win another game the rest of the season, and I'm like, okay, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But 
you know, things were pretty bad. Then we played Nebraska on Friday night in front of everybody. And Nebraska played poorly. And we played even more poorly. You know, I, you know, t- talent-wise, I think we're a better team than both of those. So those are two wins that we thought we would have in the bag right now that we gave up. So that's what made that Maryland game so important for us because we didn't think we'd be able to travel to Maryland and sneak out a victory against a team that was looking very promising. And, you know, obviously last week, you know, we go to Minnesota and, you know, win a road game. Um, and, you know, Brett, I should have known Brett, is uh, 9-0 and against Minnesota in his career, and now that makes it 10-0, and so that's nice because, you know, it's always – I don't know your opinions on P.J. Fleck, but clown. I feel like – absolute if clown. He's not your coach, exactly. If he's not your coach, that's exactly how you feel like. So for us, it's – you know, we're kind of – as you said, you know, we have you guys this week. We have Iowa the following week uh, in Iowa City, and then the last game of the season is going to be against Northwestern, which – we were hoping would be a cakewalk early in the year with all the hassle that they're dealing with, with the Pat Fitzgerald stuff, but it doesn't look like it. They look like a pretty sound, solid team. So for me now, it's, um, you know, this game is so important because to get to five gives us a little breathing room if we do lose to Iowa. And, uh, you know, that, so, you know, again, you and I, we're kind of in the same position here. Um, you know, you talked about Tom Allen, Tom Allen. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a he's got a big buyout, which may save him this year. But what are your overall opinions on him? You know, whether his career here or what he's kind of been doing, you know, your mood on him uh, today. So, oh, how time changes things so much. So Elio stands for love everyone. That was the mantra that he brought to the Indiana football program after the absolute toxic culture that existed under Kevin Wilson. Kevin Wilson was, is a brilliant offensive mind, but he is the opposite of a player's coach. Um, He can wear on players. So it was so nice to have Tom Allen come and completely change the culture. I bought into it. Michael bought into it. We obviously named the podcast after his mantra. Here we are seven years later. Sonny, he's got to go. He's absolutely, he's, he's outstayed his welcome. He is, and I don't, I heard you talking basketball. He's Tom Crean. He, you know, Tom Allen did great things. Indiana football was in a tough place with a lot of bad PR. Tom Allen came in, brought us to um, f- four bowl games, 0-4, but four bowl games in six years, um, got us all the way up to eighth in in the country once the covid year have had some huge upset wins but he's just not a head coach he he's he's in over his skis uh for a uh for a minnesota reference he is a grade a power five defensive coordinator he just cannot manage a program or manage a game his coordinator hires have been awful he's had to fire I think his last three offensive coordinators, he's had to fire two other defensive coordinators. He's tried being the defensive coordinator. I think we've, you know, all in our professional lives, we've had an, uh, a coworker that's like, he's really good in his role, but there's no way he should be a boss. That's Tom Allen, right? He, defensive mind, defensive motivator, players, coach, check, check, check. Leader of a program, 
payment plan already in place to cover the first few years. And as soon as he gets another job, a lot of that money is no longer owed. Offsets. Correct. It, not in full, but that uh -huh. big buyout that everyone talks about, that's being broken down into payment plans over years with the idea that he will get hired. Um, I hate putting it on record. This is the first time, not on the LEO podcast, um, but I'll <laughs> say it. Tom Allen is not the head coach of Indiana in 2024. So even if he goes 3-0, uh, yep. They make a bowl game. Uh, yep. They win a bowl game for the first time since 1991. Tom Allen's uh, job is done. It's done. Wow. It's done. Also, does go. does does anyone think they're going to go three and zero and win a bowl? I mean, we all hope. Hope is hope's a dangerous drug, my well, friend. Well, I don't. I, I I hope you can go two one. <laughs> I, I prefer to get the win on Saturday. You're right. Um, and and we can get in that soon. But yeah, uh, Tom. Tom has worn out his welcome, not just with the fans, but with, with the IU brass. The, mm -hmm. the message has grown, grown stale, and it is almost identical to the Tom Crean situation. So let me kind of piggyback off that question, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, Austin and I, we've kind of had this sort of conversation that, you know, when Brett Bielema is done here, what kind of coach we want running things here uh, are going to be more offensive minded, you know, run and gun uh, uh, type of team. So let's say I'm, I'm you 80. Yeah. Um, you know, you're in charge of hiring a new football coach. Yeah. What kind of style, you know, personality, what are you looking for uh, in your hire for Tom Allen's replacement? So we covered this after we got beat by Maryland. We did not recap the football game at all. There was no need to recap. All we did was preview coaching hires. And I'm going to steal Michaels because it's like I came up with like actual offensive coordinators and because I want offense. I want all offense all the time. It, it's the way to make an Indiana program fun. Like Indiana football is really hard to root for already. You don't want to root for a 20 to 17 win. Right. <laughs> that makes it even worse. So yeah. I want offense. So we are going to go the Colorado route, Sonny. We are going to bring in Antoine Randall L. He has bounced okay. around as a wide receivers coach in the college ranks. He's currently at uh, at the Detroit Lions. Um, he has about a decade plus of some coaching experience, not offensive coordinator, not head coaching, but that's all the rage now. Right. Yeah. Bring in former players, bring in the sexy hire. Let's bring Antoine Randall L and maybe he stinks, but guess what? It's going to be super fun. It's, it's, it's going to be something to talk about. It's going to put butts in seats. So if you're asking me as AD one, this is a horrible name and it's not what we're, uh, it's not what we're going to change our podcast to, but the one that we keep saying now is Mifa make Indiana fun again. Um, and, 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 uh, and Antoine Randall is that answer. Um, and he's expressed interest. He's thrown his hat in the ring before, and it's always been brushed aside because like, dude, you've never even been a head coach before. Like how you've never been a coordinator before, but now, now that we live in a post prime world, like why not, why not bring him in? And like you said, you know, if nothing else, it would bring a whole lot of electricity and energy into the Indiana football program, which is, you know, I think it's safe to say is kind of lacking oh. at the moment. So 
so bad. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. You know, I, I'm not sure what your budgetary, um, where you guys fall. Uh, you guys are kind of like Illinois in the sense that we're a little bit more so basketball focused schools. Yeah. But so, you know, it's kind of the, some of the big names may not be available to uh, schools like yours and mine. But yeah, no, so, you know, outside the box, you know, sometimes that's what you need. You need to get people to be excited about playing for Indiana and what better way than to bring someone in on a, a recruiting trip and show them highlights of your coach at Indiana, you know, doing this, doing that. And, you know, the energy that the program had at the time. So, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I don't hate it. <laughs> there we go. I'll take it. I'll take I don't it. Hate not it. hating it. Um, speaking of things that uh, Indiana football's did, fans did hate for a while, um, their offensive had a, offense had a change uh, early in the year. Walt Bell, was let go and Rod uh, Rod Carey was brought in from an analyst role, a former head coach at Northern Illinois and uh, Temple. And Bell seemed absolutely adverse to throwing the ball farther than ten yards. Um, so we're getting Jalen Lucas on the outside. We're we're running it a little bit more conventionally, and we're throwing the ball downfield. Like none of that is novel concepts. Like all of that is duh. That's how bad Walt Bell was. Um, I'm, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, huge Pittsburgh fan. So all, all of September, I had to go through Matt Canada and the Pittsburgh Steelers and Walt Bell and, uh, and Indiana. <laughs> you. Uh, there was a lot of drinking that went on Sunday. I'm not going to lie. There a lot of sad drinking, a lot of sad drinking going on when I was watching Matt Canada. Um, it's make things easy. Seriously, mm-hmm. keep it keep it simple, and that's what he's done. And I use reap the benefits from it. Their, their offense in the last eight quarters has looked really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else who's looked really well. I was watching uh, a little tape of you guys on the the Big Ten Networks. You know, sixty minute games. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. That's and, I mean, Witherspoon might win Defensive Player of the Year too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Offense, off, obviously on uh, rookie. Rookie defense. Um, But yeah, so Aaron Casey has earned everything he's gotten. He's put in his time, sat behind some really good players. Um, Cam Jones was a beast. He was an all Big Ten player. Um, He learned from Tigray Scales, who was kind of bounced around practice squads that, you know, Indiana can sell in recruiting, right? Like, come here. We'll develop you. You can turn into this. Um, which is what IU has to do in recruiting, right? We're, we're not competing with the Ohio States and the Notre Dames of the world. So um, he's a great story. He's a great player, and he's going to get himself on an all-Big Ten team. I don't think he has the athleticism, unfortunately, to be an NFL player, but I think he could be a practice squad player for a few years just because of his high motor. Um, but it, athletically, he's not going to blow you off the chart or blow you out of the water, but um, – he plays really hard, is always in the right place, and um, he's going to play four quarters for sure. Well, hearing all that, now I'm hoping Luke Altmeyer does play all four quarters. <laughs> it's going to be tricky. So I'm just kidding. We kind of talked he, about he, and uh, Paddock should be Paddock should be worried because he blew up Braden Locke. Braden Locke, I think he sacked him twice, pressured him, I think two, two and a half times. So that's four. I think he had four and a half total pressures and sacks. Um, Braden Locke could not get away from Aaron Casey, and it seemed to always happen on third down. Um, I think if you would ask Luke Fickle what changed the game, it was Aaron Casey on third down. Um, that was that was really the difference. So for Illini fans, um, that's what I would watch. If it's third and long, 
you know Aaron Casey's coming. And that, you know, that makes me super, super nervous. Like, I'm not trying to rain on the, you know, uh, Paddock uh, parade. Obviously, he had a drive that he's going to remember for the rest of his life. I don't know about if you know about his, like, familial uh, history with um, the university, but he played earlier in the season as well. And he didn't look nearly as impressive. You know, he's a yeah. little undersized. He played for uh, Ball State. Um, you know, he's he doesn't have a scholarship. Uh, he was a nice guy to have. But there's a clear difference when Luke Altmyer's on the field. Um, like, in my opinion, Luke is the best quarterback in the Big Ten West. Um, he's, on, he's only getting better. Uh, people talk a lot about his turnovers. And, yeah, he does have a – you know, turnover here and there, but a lot of those turnover numbers are kind of juiced up because of that Penn, Penn State game that everybody saw where, you know, he had four interceptions and, you know, it was like his sixth or seventh start of his college career playing at Penn State. He just had a bad game. And you know what? That's going to happen for young kids. He's not, you know, one of those super five-star studs watching who, you know, the recruits uh, to, in today's age, they have no idea who they are. So for us to have a guy now who can kind of grow with the program, you know, he's just a redshirt sophomore. He has two, if not three years uh, left with the program. We're really excited to see a guy that can win the game with his arm as opposed to usually all we have is uh, are hoping for is a quarterback. How do I say this without offending? This is definitely going to offend. Um, I think the Big Ten West is going to have a reality check. I think Rutgers, Maryland, and IU rejoices because it no like it can't get harder than playing in the Big Ten East. Mm-hmm. IU has had a top fifteen difficult schedule the last three years. I just named four top ten teams, top eleven that they've played this season. Yeah. So, am I worried about Oregon and USC and Washington and uh, and UCLA? No, because guess what. It can only be equal to what we're playing now because I think they've already released the 24 and 25 schedule, right? Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. It is already immensely easier than what the last three years were. So um, I just want – I probably talked a little too much on that one. But, yeah, I'm I'm, – I all Indiana fans, all like seven of us, are all super happy (laughs) with with getting out of the the Big Ten East. Um, Ceiling – Honestly, that COVID year was amazing. Nobody's expecting a New Year's Six and a top 10 team. We're not expecting that. The ceiling should be Iowa. Eight and four every year. Six and six should be the standard. If you're asking me, which is why I do these collaboration shows and not not Michael, give me a bowl game every other year. Like every other year, give me a bowl game. I'm happy with that. Like eight and four is the ceiling. Six and six is the standard realistic every other year bowl game. I don't think, I think every Indiana fan would sign in blood for that. You guys are in a little, it's a little more difficult for you guys compared to us at Illinois because you have, you know, three prominent um, programs in that state. Uh, You know, we have Northwestern who's our rival, but historically, you know, Northwestern isn't necessarily that dominant in football. Um, you know, obviously they had a period with Pat Fitzgerald where they did fantastic, but we'll see where they are moving forward. 
but yeah, I've, I've kind of said the same thing. Um, the Iowa's, the Wisconsin's, um, that's kind of our hope. That's all we want to be. We want to be able to go in on Saturdays and more often than not think that we have a chance of winning. Yep. You know, be the favorite in the game. It's not going to happen every week. And I know it's not going to happen most of the time against the big teams like Ohio State, Michigan's, USC. But having a fight. This Illinois team, if, if Paddock plays, how is this Illinois team any different than the team Indiana played last week in Wisconsin? The reason I ask that, it's a backup quarterback with a team that wants to run with a great wide receiver. And a good defense. Would you like? Is there? Is there? I guess one other one other difference is you guys are at home, correct? Right against Wisconsin, yeah. whereas uh, we're at home this time. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I don't disagree with you. You know, uh, I'll just get mine out of the way. I did a mini preview for the game yesterday, and I had predicted twenty four thirteen Illinois, mainly on the grounds that we were going to be at home. Yeah, And, you know, we kind of owe you guys one. I think you guys won like four straight against us. So it's like, all right, we got to turn things around at some point. But uh, after watching this whole Brett Bielema inter- interview, um, I'm getting a little less optimistic. And I'm holding all rights to be able to change my prediction uh, pre-kickoff once I finally see um, who's going to be under center. Yeah, so I, like you, I have two predictions, right? <laughs> if, Alt- if Altmeyer plays, I think it's... 2717 Illinois. The over the over under is 44. So that so that that hits the over under perfectly. If Altmeyer plays, and I think Vegas is thinking Altmeyer is going to play cuz those lines came out early in the week before Brett's uh uh Altmeyer plays, I think Illinois wins comfortably. If I think Paddock plays, I think it's very very tight and Illinois should be pretty concerned. I think most of us are already pretty concerned. <laughs> uh, as soon as the lines came out, I think I jumped on Indiana. I think I got them at plus 210. I do yeah. this thing called happiness hedges where this way yeah. I make, especially if I get plus money on the opposition. Yeah. If uh, Illinois loses, at least I get paid to cry. That's kind of been my uh, theory, theory behind it. But yeah. uh, hopefully that won't be the case on Saturday. Uh, Brandon, I really wanted to thank you for coming on. I know this was... Uh, you know, kind of last minute, but, uh, you know, we don't really get a chance to play each other very often. And, you know, I don't know, I think it's going to be, what, like once every third year or something like that, once the schedules, uh, yeah. the new schedules with the new teams coming in next year. So hopefully, you know, we'll have a chance to collaborate again. Um, do me a favor. Can you let my uh, viewers uh, know where to find you? Yeah, so um, we're everywhere uh, you can find your podcast. We're on um, we're on the Android Store. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Um, we're on SoundCloud at at Leo Podcast. That's also where we're at on for now Twitter. Uh, for now, yeah, at Leo Podcast <laughs> for now. Um, give that about eight more weeks. Uh, but uh, we're not we're not on Facebook. We're not on on any of that. We're not on YouTube. I know a lot of people do video. We're just a bunch of old guys that that talking to a mic. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much, Sonny, for for having me on. Uh, it's been it's been a blast, and I think Saturday should be a sneaky good game. I, th- I think I think we're going to be in for a good one. I think so too, especially with you know as we kind of talked about, both teams are desperately counting on Saturday as a win for their bowl probabilities. You know, Indiana flat out needs it, whereas we need it 
so that there's not so much pressure going into uh, Iowa, which, you know, is not a favorable play uh, place to play for anybody. But uh, I wish you luck for every game outside Saturday. Um, <laughs> you know, I would look really smart if we lost this game and then won the next two. I said five and seven. So, you know. <laughs> It's, and it's I'd like, be happy. Like, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, five and seven. I got nothing against Indiana <laughs> in football, at least. Uh, your basketball program and uh, ours. It's another uh, conversation. Yeah, they they got some history together. But once again, Brandon, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, let you know where to find him. I'll put all his uh, information uh, in the comment section of, of this video. And uh, good luck to the Illini. Hopefully, Luke Altmeyer plays. And I like his 27 to 17 prediction. I'll take my 24 to 13. All right. See you, Sonny. All right, Brandon. Take care.